Hi, I'm Leanna Tankersley, and this is my podcast, Beginning Again. My dear friend, Elaine Hamilton, and I have cooked up a little something for you guys, but first, here's some background. In 2017, my marriage ended, and in 2019, Elaine's husband, Ken, unexpectedly passed away from a very aggressive form of cancer. Though we no longer live down the street from each other like we once did, Elaine and I have navigated these losses side by side. Elaine is a licensed therapist and the founder of the soulcarehouse.com. She splits her time between Portland and San Diego, and I am in Central Virginia. We're on opposite sides of the country, but we're finding we have more to talk about than ever. Ooh, do we ever. Life, love, loss, the future, it's all on the table. We're wondering if you might be navigating some of these same topics yourself, so we thought we'd invite you to pull up a chair. I'm reporting live from Southern California Mm -hmm. at my dear friend Elaine Hamilton's house. I have spent many a moment around this table. A moment. We are joined today. You guys know Elaine. You know Elaine from from past podcast episodes, from stories in the book, Mm -hmm. from, I mean, all kinds of things. Always hanging under your leg. Oh, well, that's desperate. Don't leave me. That's overstating it. That's really overstating it. (laughs) Okay. You guys know Elaine, but we are joined by someone who is also extra special. Oh my gosh. And that is my precious, beautiful Tina Rose. Tina Rose! (laughs) Tina Rose! What's up, party people? (laughs) I came to party. Um, yeah, we just made the sound wave like go off the chart. So yeah. I hope that that wasn't directly into your, Ooh, earbud. your earbuds. We got to think about these these so poor sorry. people and their nervous systems, you guys. Can you sorry. reverse right. and do a warning This label? is going to, okay, we're going to back up real quick and say that um, before you heard what you just heard, and we're going to warn you and say that this is going to get loud. This is going to get like get really loud. loud. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of excitement here. Okay, so... Tina is here. Elaine is here. I am here. We've had a very special girls weekend this mm-hmm. weekend. We're on the like last bitter end of it, right? I got to fly out at 630 tomorrow morning. We're going to milk it. We're going to milk worth. it. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're doing right now. And we just thought what better way to close out our weekend and to capture some really special memories that we made together um, than to hop on here and talk about kind of the whole history of this special group of women and how important it is, especially when you're going through hard things in your life, to have people that will hold on to hope for you. Yeah, I've said this a whole lot of times, that story in the Old Testament of the friend who is, can't walk, he's paralyzed, and his friends pick him up to get him to healing, right? But when they get there, the room's full. They can't get him to Jesus, so they saw a hole in the roof and lower him down. And I've said 100,000 times that wouldn't it be great to be the clever person that figured that thing out? And wouldn't it suck to be the guy in the stretcher who can't walk and is paralyzed and get it, is getting lowered through a roof? Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be scary. Um, but I think as women, we have to practice both being the strong women that can pick each other up mm-hmm. and also having to be the one on the stretcher sometimes and being reliant on people. And I know for a fact that I've been on a stretcher in my life and these women have helped pick me up. They've held a corner. They've hatched very creative ideas 
to get me the help that I've needed. And I hope that I've been able to offer that in some way to them as well. Mm-hmm. So, so we many stretcher moments. Many stretcher mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Thanks, T. So Tina is the um, from the fame slash infamy of the chapter in Begin Again called Surrounded by a Great Cloud of Witnesses in Target when a woman tries to rip me a new one and I happen to run Not into okay. Tina right after that. Yeah. And Tina proceeds to want to go. She? Yeah, where is she? Where is she? she? I'm going to cut her. I'm going to cut her. And I said we didn't need an we incident. Don't promote violence. No, <laughs> no we don't. No, no. no I was that's just going to give her a what for. <laughs> give her a what for. Yeah. You, didn't, you weren't going to stand for that. Mm-mm. No, not no. that day, not ever. Um, so that's that gives you a little background on who we're talking about here. Um, Elaine and Tina and I were talking before we push record about a specific moment in Chapter 23 of my new book, Hope Anyway, where I use this line that says, what brought you here will take you forward. And this is something the voice of love whispered to me when I was in what we might call well, what we have just now called a stretcher moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't doing awesome. And this voice was saying to me, what brought you here will take you forward. It's easy for us to look at our circumstances and say, especially when we're not doing well, well, what brought me here was kind of a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. But the voice said to me, look closer. What brought you here? What are the resources and the relationships that helped you survive to this point? What brought you to this moment and this place? What carried you here? What held your hand getting here? And it is these two women that I'm sitting across the table from that have helped me get to this point. And that those are the things that the voice was telling me that I need to put hope into those relationships because that will help take me forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the other girls that were gathered here this weekend represent that as well. But we wanted to talk about that idea that sometimes we need to stop and take inventory of what's mm-hmm. brought us here. And even mm-hmm. if the here is not where we really intended to be, that doesn't mean we're alone or forgotten right. for crying out loud. Right. So all that to say, thank you, you two, mm. for being just an embarrassment of riches. You two are ridiculous. You're absolutely ridiculous. And also, I will let them talk in a minute, but not quite yet. Um, I need you guys to see Tina's shirt, which is why before we ever press record, we did an entire photo shoot of this shirt that she's wearing, which is a vintage purple rain tee. Mm -hmm. But it's been embellished in a way that I'm not sure I can even I do mean, justice it's to. Chains, is it not? It's, it's like, like a, it's like a chain sleeve. And then she's got like well, a feather beaded necklace. Too much? No. no perfect. No way. So Tina, welcome. Well, and I knew I was going to be in the presence of some rock stars, so no. I had to come in my concert. Do you see what she did there? <laughs> did that was see nice. That, that was nice. actually nice. Yeah. I said, um, Jeff, you know, I'm going to this podcast and. You know, I'm not a podcaster, so I got to come ready to be with rock stars. Is this overkill? And he was like, nope. No. Jeff, a.k.a. my husband. Yes. It's honestly perfect. Well, it's inspiring. It's aspirational, right? So if we're, yeah, I think that's where we're trying to head. We're trying to head to Purple Rain embellished tea status. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll let's, let's tell them a little bit about Tina. So Leanna and Tina, as far as I understand, have known each other since sixth grade. Yes. And... Something like 34 years. Right? And Is that correct? I did 34. Are you guys that old? Shh. I thought you were just joking just now. I thought that was no, like I hyperbole. That's right. How old are we in sixth grade? Mother of Pearl. Yeah. Mother of Pearl. 
So wait, we're how old right now? 45, and you're like 11 in the sixth grade? There you go. Okay. Wow. Wow. By the way, I just took a big gulp of what I thought was sparkling water, and that's somebody's wine. So (laughs) (laughs) that was not what I intended to just... That's all. I just took a big old swig oh, of something. It's, it's fine. Sorry. It's fine. It just here we are. Here know we where are. your glasses are. I know, times. right, guys? Don't drink the punch. Apparently, <laughs> like I should know the rules around right, here. Right. Okay. Got Mickey so, fed already. Concert tea. <laughs> I know. I've already been slipped something. Um, do we need Tina to tell the story of how we met? Is that what you want to go I, next? I would like that. Okay. I think it's a cute story. Okay. It's a meet cute, if you will. It's a. a it is cute. a meet cute. All right, Bree. Sixth grade camp. Um, me and my buddy. Are we allowed to like say people's others' names? Sure. We, we can. We can bleep it like, out. Rights and things. Okay. Oh, so know. I'll just say me and my buddy. Um, my Gold. My friend Mary Gold was. My friend Mary Gold was Leanna's pen pal. In the sixth grade. In the sixth grade, mm-hmm. we were at different schools, and we all met up at sixth grade camp. And she was so again rock star status. Um, so nervous to meet Leanna because Leanna was like popular and her bangs were really teased and really high yeah. and she wore nine swatch watches up her arm and she had um, zebra guest jeans yep. and just like so many rock star things. So Marigold. I was trying hard. <laughs> I don't know that I ever thought that I was popular. I was certainly trying hard. Well, anyway, Marigold. It was okay. impressing people. And so she made me spy on Leanna, just like, let's just watch her, like I'm nervous to meet her. And so this is my very first memory of seeing you in real life. But Mary Gold talked about you all the time in her pen pal letters. So cute. And I met Tina at sixth grade camps this exact same time. I wasn't spying on her, but we all met finally. And I was immediately... Well, I was immediately in love with her and also immediately envious of her because Tina has like... I have very thick, fuzzy hair, and Tina has like fine-ish, slick, shiny hair mm-hmm. that hangs down. Flat, mm-hmm. lifeless hair? No, oh. not that. And so I was always, and she smelled like white rain. And so yeah. I was always really jealous of that. Purple rain, white rain. Whoa. I sense wow. a theme. Seems to be a fit. She has the tannest skin of any human. She was so tan, and I am so fair, and she had <laughs> tiny, small hands. And I don't. I have like, my father's hands, linebacker hands, and she had very long nails. And all of that together was like a package that I Irresistible. I wanted more know. of. And I, I had mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. you know, pray that I could let go of the idol of envy to be her friend. I mean, as old as Cain and Abel. We were just <laughs> envious of each other. As just old and as we didn't Cain even and know. Abel. It was yeah. extraordinary. But that started it out. And then we played sports together and we went to colleges on opposite sides of the world. But we just have remained friends through it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Sisters through yep. it all. Mm-hmm. Been well, there for all the big things. Yeah. And this is this is why I think it's so valuable to talk to women who have these kind of relationships to get some clues about, like, how do you navigate the amount of transition that happens between an 11-year-old and a 45-year-old, right? Mm. Just a bit. Excessive amounts of transition. And somehow you guys have navigated that, not just in a way that it's, it's like you say, it's more like a sister relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that you're friends. It's that you are really, you are deep, true friends. Like there's such authenticity between the two of you. There's such support and vulnerability 
and a deep love and that did not come without a lot of work on both of your parts and mm -hmm. I think there's lots of lessons for us to learn from the two of you about how you navigated that and you've done that with this group of women that we just spent the weekend mm -hmm. with too right this is mm -hmm. a group of beautiful women who have been together close to 20 years um, and it's one of the things that that I think is really interesting to talk about is like how do you navigate those transitions how do you work through conflict how do you uh, tolerate each other's differences and you guys might have different perspectives about that I don't know but I'd love to know more about how do you nurture and cultivate the kind of relationships that can provide you the kind of support that you need to carry you through tough times. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me your, what are sort of your initial thoughts about like, what are some of the key things that you guys would say this was essential, right? Like doing mm -hmm. this with and for each other was essential. Mm -hmm. Maybe even some mistakes that were made. That might be interesting to talk about, too, about, like, these things don't work. These things do work. What are your thoughts about some of those things? So I don't have a great memory is one of my big faults. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's so, a good thing. <laughs> I know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I asked Jeff as I was leaving. I, I just said, what do you think has um, kept Leanne and I friends for all these years? Mm -hmm. And he said, just like right off the bat, he said, if you want something to grow, you have to water it. Hmm. And I thought, yes, like we've cared so much about this precious thing that we've each taken time to water it and to nurture it and to, as you said, cultivate it. And I can just think of times where it was like so critical, um, particularly when we were in different countries or mm -hmm. across you know, the United States from each other, um, where it was hard to, yeah. to water. Um, but it was, there were moments that, you know, just stand out in my mind that were critical for us staying friends through those times when a lot of people fall apart in yeah. yeah. their friendships. Yeah. 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 I think I look at Tina and I, this is what I say when I, as you're asking, what I'm thinking about as you're asking that question, Tina knows how to show up. And when I get overwhelmed, I can withdraw and Tina knows how to show up. And so um, even, even in the times, especially in the times when I'm in that more withdrawing place or I'm overwhelmed or I don't know how, Tina will, it's so, it's ironic. She'll just send me a text or let's try to, let's try to check in more. Mm -hmm. Or um, how can we find a way to kind of share the little dumb parts of life together a little bit more, even though we're far apart. Or she'll say something like, let's, let's talk really quick. It doesn't have to be long. We don't have to talk for an hour. We don't have to catch up on everything, but let's talk for five minutes. And those are ways that she's kind of coaxed me out of, I think, at times when I just feel like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to stay in touch with everybody or stay in touch or water this relationship that means so much to me, but I don't know how to do it today. And she'll say, let's get on the phone for five minutes, you know? And um, I think about that. And I thought, about, I think I think that's true since the day I met her. Tina just knows how to show up. She knows how to show up for me and really... Um, important ways and she knows the ways in which I'm going to um, kind of take steps back and she says okay let's take a small step forward let's make take a small step toward each other mm -hmm. so well it seems like one of the important things that happens between the two of you is because Tina has known you forever 
she knows that you tend to do some withdrawing when you're overwhelmed and she doesn't it doesn't appear that she takes that personally would you say that like what do you no. what do you do with that it's like I can't get in touch with her she's not responding yeah my immediate thought isn't like oh she doesn't like me or <laughs> you know yeah. she's yeah you know it's me it must be me I don't even go there because yeah. there's such um like a depth to our friendship that doesn't require everyday watering doesn't require monthly sometimes you know we won't talk for months true yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was seasons of that. Yes, yeah. I think we're doing better about that now. Yeah, getting on, we got on Marco Polo, and that's helped because we can just send short little videos when we have time. We're on a three-hour different time zone. That's actually, I'm excited to see kind of where that goes because we've been able to really like. That's been super fun. Just send, and mm-hmm. sometimes those are the details that you miss the most. These like dumb little stories about a kid, or mm-hmm. I just saw somebody in the store, and it made me think of our you know eleventh mm-hmm. grade year, or and. I don't know. So then when you get that moment, you can just get on Marco Polo and share it really quick. And then there's this little treasure waiting for the other person. And I think a a less mature friend would have um, dumped me a long time ago Mm. and been like, I don't know, she can't hang or something. But yeah, Yeah, she knows what the withdrawing means. She knows that it means that you're overwhelmed or you've got way too many things going on. And so it seems that you have that ability, Tina, to just say, this isn't this isn't about me. This is about how, what's going on in her life. And maybe what she needs most is for me to reach out a little bit and just, just say, hey. Well, I just value her too much to let her go. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. It's yeah. like Beautiful. it's not an option. It's yeah. not an option. Yeah. And That's Tina said that to me before. It is not an option for yeah. us to not have a relationship. Yeah. So let's get to it, you know? And it's mm. so good. Okay. It's like – and we have, we have a way – this was true in high school. We would like sit and eat lunch with different friend groups. And we weren't always doing the same thing socially together. We were in a little different groups. So what brought us together in junior high and high school was sports, specifically in high school. But it did but even if we were doing things socially with other people or we were we were running in different crowds, we always have had a depth. We've always um, invested in a deep way. And so like I think that's another thing is that when we do talk beyond these kind of quick Marco Polo things. I think we're very invested in sharing the deep waters of our lives with each other. So I think if it just remains up here, it can be hard to sustain that for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But yeah. And when it matters, you show up. Yeah, I hope I do, T. You do. This episode is brought to you by our upcoming women's retreat on Orcas Island, Washington. You guys. Join Elaine and me and 18 other women in 40 acres of private woods overlooking Puget Sound for a weekend of reflection and discussion and really good food. I cannot overstate that. To learn more about our retreat or to register, go to soulcarehouse.com. And I'm telling you guys, you do not want to miss this. I mean, I, you were at the hospital, you know when I went into preterm labor and it was, it was you sitting there by yourself. Like, I don't care. I just, I'm going to be here all day. I'm just going to have my phone. I'm going to get my charger. I'm going to get my giant, you know, diet Coke. (laughs) And I'm just going to sit here until whenever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you guys can't see, but Tina is teared up again. Like (laughs) for the nice time. This is one of the beautiful things about Tina is she cries easily and often 
She's the tenderest heart. Yes. Probably anyone we know, yes. would you say? Yes. Right? She's just like right there all the time. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And you guys have had really difficult seasons. Each of you have had yeah. huge challenges. And I love what you're saying. It's not an option. Our relationship, our friendship is not an option. That's right. It's actually yeah. very clarifying when someone says that to you yeah. because it's like, I completely agree. So then let's get to it. Like we... We'll find a way. We'll find you a way. You won't check your voicemail. No. And so <laughs> no, what ever. I did <laughs> was I started leaving voice text. Yes. Because she had to listen to those. Yeah. She yeah. was curious. Yeah. She's a she curious person. Curious. <laughs> She's a curious person. So what... What I'll find a workaround is what I'm yeah, saying. You will. Yeah. We, and yeah. I, th- I feel like we maybe have figured something out here. Yeah, we, have. we have. We figured something out. Tina is the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters San Diego. Mm-hmm. Tina is no joke. Tina of a job. is a CEO of an yeah. organization. Like this is a giant deal, and it's like we have to find ways to mitigate our schedules and our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. and also being a part of this larger group has um, created networks for us because we have a Absolutely. we have a group chat right that we're both in for this group and so everyone's sharing but we are too and that's mm-hmm. a way that we stay present and stay current with each other mm-hmm. and I think that um, in that group also vulnerability is expected and so you bring your full self and I think if you don't do that in a friendship that also you you fizzle out right there's yeah. nothing meaningful you're not making you're not intentionally giving meaningful shares and so there you lose the depth of your friendship and if you don't live in each other's lives and experience day-to-day things you have to intentionally be vulnerable and share you have Mm -hmm. to you've got to create new connection and new depth to your relationship yeah yeah i have a bunch of questions one of them is tell can you tell us about the group the structure of the group you said the shares, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how that's structured, what the response is after someone shares, how you guys have navigated? I mean, I saw this weekend, I saw the full range of emotion, right? Like there was crying, there was hysterical laughing, there was like all the things. And it's so full and rich and beautiful. And somehow you guys have crafted that with this special group of women and that's gone on and on and on, mm-hmm. but that did not happen without a lot of work. Yeah. So how did how did you make that happen? What does it mean? What are you, how do you get people to share? How's that structured? And then what are the responses? Do you to want to tackle that? Sharing? I mean, go ahead. You're the founder originator. <laughs> you are the CEO of the group. <laughs> and. I mean, it had a, everything to do with your vision for this group. So I think you should share. And then I want to get your perspective on that. I'd okay. be curious to see how you would articulate that. Yeah, I, um, I it, this was, I don't know, in 2004, mm-hmm. I had just gotten married. We'd moved, moved overseas and we had just come back from living overseas for a year. And I needed to kind of put my, like rebuild some aspects of my life because of this whole whirlwind of what we had just, we'd been gone. And so um, I said, I want to be in a group with women, but I want to be in a group with women where there's time that the format of the group is not so intrusive and, the, and like this, this content we're trying to get through that, um, because I've been in groups where we're trying to get through material yeah. 
and it does not leave room for anyone to talk about their real lives. And there's absolutely, I, I honestly mean this, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those kinds of groups and they have a place. What I was looking for at this time was a way to, a space to talk about my life, what was actually going on, and space for other women to do that as well. Now, knowing that that's the kind of group I wanted, I decided to handpick women to come be a part of that group who I felt like wanted that too mm -hmm. and had the capacity to do it. That's big. Capacity that's big. To do it. Because yeah. some people think they want to be vulnerable. Yes. Some people think they want to share the deep waters of life, and then they don't really. Mm-hmm. So I tried to pick people the best I could. I'm not saying I was perfect at this, you guys, but I just looked around and I also had a curiosity. There was people that I experienced that I thought I'd like to get to know them more. There's something really rich and like, I was just curious. Mm -hmm. So I followed some of that intuitively. Anyway, I, I invited this handful of girls and said, this is what I want to do. And then I put together a um, like contract Yeah. Oh. with yeah. rules of engagement. And very that, detailed, very detailed. And we all a covenant. We called a it a covenant. covenant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we all signed it. And then we showed up each week at the very beginning. We all gave our life stories. And then after that, it was share the thing you really need to share. And so then each person would go around and share and have 15 minutes or however much time we had allotted. And this group has certainly like morphed and changed and people have moved away and we've decided together to add new people and all of that but that has been the heart and and core we still reference the, the covenant yeah however many years later so what's your what's your 17 years 2004 wow. yeah how do you i mean is that how you would explain it or how would you interpret yeah. it T? yeah exactly like that that um that you had to come and be ready to to share and be vulnerable and to be honest and to trust each other and trust we didn't know each other no like I mean, you and you i knew and each, i knew each other yeah, and nobody else nobody else wow i mean that's scary mm -hmm. that's scary business to like mm -hmm. come into a room and i think the best thing we did was share our life stories first because we got history we got you know these are the significant things about me here's what you should know mm -hmm. and it was a good practice for what we were expecting and yeah. then um yeah, as it evolved, I think a, a real important part was one of our friends, Joanna, you know, after someone would share something really vulnerable, um, we talked a lot about not fixing things. And that was even in the covenant. Like no when advice. someone shares, you're not allowed to then go, well, what I did or what mm -hmm. I would do right. is exactly. <laughs> so unhelpful in my experience um, is is not give advice, but also um, to instead say, I see you, I hear you, I love you. And and just let it be. Yeah. And how powerful that is. Yeah. And how hard it is to, to like watch someone you love who's having a hard time and struggling and everything mm -hmm. in you wants to jump over and just fix it fix all up it, for yeah. him and how unhelpful that is and how that erodes vulnerability and trust when we feel like we're going to share something really scary and really hard and really deep and then we have five women jump on us and tell us all the ways yeah. we could fix it we don't want to share like that again yeah. and so, but we needed to tell that person that we were right with them mm -hmm. did it take a while to get everybody on board with responding like that because our knee-jerk reaction is always what you're saying is like here's what i would do or here's what you could do or what about this or what about that 
How did you get everybody on board with that? From the beginning in the covenant, it was clear that after someone shared, mm-hmm. it, it, you were not to um, offer Anything. anything anything unless they asked for it they could ask they could say you know help me figure this out or what do you guys think and then yeah but you weren't to um it was more just kind of like thank you for sharing but yeah. then there were times where go ahead yeah yeah no i think you were allowed to maybe ask questions if they if they said you know like it's okay ask questions or you know or if they said i'm really struggling and i would love to hear if anyone's dealt with this mm-hmm. but yeah. that had to be invited yeah yep so you were very overt about how to respond after someone shares. Rules of engagement, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we were very overt about that, and everyone agreed to it. Awesome. What yeah. happens when there's a vast difference? Like, I don't know how often this may or may not have happened where someone's perspective or someone's choices might feel very divergent from you might what you might expect for them or want for them. How have you guys handled those kind of things? Can you think of something? I mean, I can, and and this, I think, I've grown in in my life as I've gotten older, that I think when I was in my 20s, late 20s, early 30s, I felt more of a desire to kind of help or save people or -hmm. or, uh, be more, like, I felt more personal responsibility for the trajectory and the choices of the people's lives in this group. And I do feel great responsibility for them but not in any way that I need to like shape their choices or, and I think I've grown in that. And I'm now I'm kind of like, it, it, I feel very surrendered with these women. Like, I think, I think I do just that um, they can come and share. And I've had to practice just saying, I'm opening my hands. It's not mine to hold. Mm-hmm. It's not mine to, so I can think of times where I have felt more invested in wanting to turn that person toward an outcome in their life. And I believe that um, we injure each other when we try to do that. Yeah. I don't think it's our role unless mm-hmm. they're really asking mm-hmm. and we really have a, have like a strong sense that this is something that needs to be shared. We can get, we can really jack Damage. people up. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to believe I've grown in that, that I mm-hmm. just, I don't have an agenda for you. I love you. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And even if I do have an agenda for you, secretly, 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 mm-hmm. it's that's about me. Yeah. And that's not about you. And yeah. that's not my God-given responsibility to, like, turn the hand, turn your hand to try to get you into some outcome that I want you to do. Right? No. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, it's their journey, right? Yes. And they need to, to journey on it. Mm-hmm. And what we're there for is to support them on their journey. Yeah. And to you know, as we can encourage them towards health. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you think that dynamic was already happening between the two of you when you started the group? Like, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. which came first, right? Did you guys already know how to do that? And then you taught your group how to do that? Or did the structure of the group help that to evolve as you guys? I don't, I don't feel like I ever felt judged by Leanna. Mm, I always felt, you know, like just infinitely accepted and loved. Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah, I mean, I I hope that she felt that from me, but I definitely felt that from her. And, um, you know, there were rocky roads (laughs) when we were growing up. Yeah. And um, she never tried to control or get her mitts in it. She just was there for me. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe you model that. 
I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. And you got to experience how meaningful and helpful that is. So maybe that informed your ability. For sure. Increased Definitely. your ability to be able to do that for Definitely. others. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say spending time with the two of you has helped me do that better. Mm. Just like this idea of like getting your mitts off of other people's lives and letting people be where they're yeah. at and appreciate. I think what the two of you are so good at is you just celebrate who anybody is. Like you just love it all, hmm. right? There's just like, I love, I love you and I love you and I love you. And it's real <laughs> for you guys. It's really, it's really um, I think a unique capacity that both of you have hmm. to celebrate who each person is and to come to each relationship or each interaction with just that openness and yeah yeah it's beautiful and tina is like a joyful i mean tina can get focused and like executive-y at work but Uh outside of that tina's a freaking i mean she's fun at work too i'm sure but she's a ball yeah she like she makes everybody around her laugh and like it's just funny and I don't know, off the cuff and like, mm-hmm. you know, being silly. You and don't know what she's going to do You don't know next. what she's going to do yep. next. She's going to no, show up no. in a purple rain shirt Didn't with metal that. sleeves. Did and it's just like, this is, this is what we all need. We need yeah. to stay close to people like that, that like yeah. have their finger on the pulse of joy. And yeah, I think Tina's brought that into my life too. And has brought that, that silliness and that fun is also a glue. Mm-hmm. The depth mm-hmm. is a glue, mm-hmm. but that silliness and fun and like, just telling stupid stories and wearing costumes and like let's all show up and wear wigs and like that is that's glue too yeah Yeah. and so yeah yeah I don't know how we've done it I don't know what what, I don't know maybe that's interesting I never really thought about that Tina like because I do think there's always been a depth to our relationship we've shared deep things and we wanted to maybe we did Mm -hmm. intuitively want to bring other women into doing that that's kind of what it looks like it looks like the group functions a lot like the two of you function with each other wow I never thought about that I never thought I just sort of I just noticed that as you guys were talking about I was just like I feel like that's what I saw this weekend is I saw this like deep deep respect for each other and deep commitment to each other and space for everybody to be wherever they're at and and Everybody gets a voice. Everybody's voice is important. Yeah. Even if the even if the perspectives are different, it's all important and it's all there's not a there I don't see like reactivity like you think yeah. this but I disagree. And then we got to talk about the fact that we disagree. Some of you guys have mitigated that. Well, it's a lot of years of trust building. You know, yeah. it's part of that. There's not like a shortcut to that. I think there was more conflict earlier on in the group. We've had we've sure. had conflict, we've had conflict around absolutely outside relationships around elections around yeah. and we have had to like stay in the Tears. room with each other yes yeah and but you know what I remember someone saying to me we were on we were um, sort of had different perspectives on a very important issue and through tears she sat down this other person in our group and said help me understand how you're thinking about it mm. what a valuable question to ask someone you disagree with yeah. So other people have been very generous in the way that they say, you don't have to act like that, but what a joy when people do. Mm -hmm. Tell me, and it it wasn't in like a, 
why the crap would you ever think that? It was a, like, help me understand. Because I because love you I and trust respect you. And yes, I trust you. Yes. Sorry. So David. how could we be thinking, you know, this differently? Yeah. There must be something I'm missing. And to come with that kind of questioning versus an attack is, I've learned so much from this group. Like, I mean, these are just some wise women that I just have absolutely modeled Part, you know, parts of my life after because mm. there's just so many nuggets to gain. And I think um, I'm not a great listener. That's not one of my best traits. And I've learned how to listen from this group mm. because we aren't allowed to comment. Yeah. And maybe that would be my go-to. And yet I've just learned to listen. And and I think we do a great job of affirming Yes. Now everyone is just radical affirmers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Affirmation was part of the covenant that well, you're going to affirm each other. And that also creates like, even though it was mandated, I don't know, somehow yeah. it's still, it works. And then it becomes like, you just do it naturally. Like, this is what I see in you. And this is what I'm, you know, I know you feel down, but I see your strength. I see your wisdom. You know, whatever, you know, yeah, just affirming each other and all the way to like, We've had sessions of affirmations. Yeah. You know, if yeah. we thought someone needed an affirmation night, we dedicate the whole night to affirming them. Yeah. Mm. Your eyebrows have never looked better. Like, can you just sit <laughs> and receive that? At <laughs> your butt in those jeans. Look at your oh, butt in those nice. jeans. That's nice. And like women, we just need that from each other. We need that yeah. in doses and heaps and bushels. We need that from each other. Yeah. And, we need, and we don't get it enough. We don't get it enough. No. And it's mm. sometimes you... If it's something you're craving desperately, it, it, it can come back to you when you give it away, you know, like give that away to other people. Yeah. I, I also believe very strongly that we have learned how to believe the best in each other, even mm-hmm. in conflict. And again, mm-hmm. this comes from trust, but I also see a lot of women, and I'm 100% guilty of this, jumping to quick conclusions and jumping to believing the worst about someone before I've even asked a question or investigated. And so I think that's something that um, has been positive, mm-hmm. that it seems like the baseline is that we're going to believe the best about each other, yeah. and we're going to ask questions if we have questions. This episode is brought to you by my new book, Hope Anyway, releasing August 17th, 2021. This book is about what it looks like to survive loss and emerge a truer version of yourself. If you are listening to this episode before August 17th, the book is available for pre-order now. And I have some really good thank you gifts to send your way when you pre-order Hope Anyway in any format and from any bookseller. So to learn more about the book and to claim your pre-order bonuses, go to hopeanywaybook.com. So when could you walk us through an example? Like, let's say there's a conflict what are the steps like you you tend to be the leader right so sometimes you take on that role probably less so as the years the group ago, has yeah. its own identity yeah. and it functions it, it clearly functions in a very specific way whether you're there or not yeah um but if there's a conflict on the table what what are the strategies that the group members are using a group conflict or an individual two people mm, could be either right well yeah those are good both important things to talk about because that both of those happen huh I'm yeah. thinking of a group conflict okay, yeah great um and I think at first that person you know who has the conflict against the entire group um has to 
be really brave and and share that and then um, really ask for what they need in it. Exactly what I was going to say. I think we have figured out how to say that we can't, this thing can't get, we can't get resolution or even move forward until the person, until everyone knows what they need. Mm. I learned that a lot about conflict, that someone has a conflict because they need something. They may not even know what it is. What do you want out of this? What do you need out of this? What do you yeah. want out of this? And then, and also give everyone an opportunity to share that. And then once that's on the table, you have something to work with that's more than just reactivity. Can we meet yeah. this need? Is this a realistic need? Uh, you know, can we come to a middle ground on this need? You know, yeah. Is it re- is it even possible for the yeah. group to meet this need? Is the group set up to do that, or is this other person able or willing to meet that need that you have, or is this a need you need to figure out outside of this group? And sometimes mm-hmm. once people name it, they realize, oh, I can't. I, I it's oh, not. I can't fair ask you to do to, that. I, this isn't something you guys can do for me. It's not fair for me to expect that. I guess I was expecting mm. something. That's happened. That's happened. Or like, okay, I hear that you guys aren't going to be able to meet. Like, for example, one of the big conflicts we had was we would meet together as a group. And then people wanted, had different desires around how much we all got together outside of the group socially. Mm-hmm. Everyone had different capacity. Everyone had different needs socially. Everyone was in different stages of life and different expectations. And if we're going to be, some people feel like, if we're going to be close in this group, we have to be close outside of this group. Some mm-hmm. people don't feel that way. That was a group, that was a conflict, and it was highly emotional. Some mm-hmm. people were extremely hurt. Mm-hmm. But once we were all able to go one by one and say, this is what I want, this is what I can honestly offer, I somehow we were able to talk it out. And so, there were people that were like, well, yeah, we were just able to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so everybody in that, in that instance, everybody shared sort of their response to the concern or the frustration. Yeah, every yeah. single person. And then we also, it gives an opportunity for the entire group to say, I hear you. I hear that that's mm-hmm. what you're really needing. Mm-hmm. Often there's like, there's deeper pain underneath mm-hmm. that. Some people were really lonely. We didn't know they were lonely. Yeah. And they didn't know they were lonely. Yeah. And then yeah. they were like, I'm just so lonely. And it's like, yeah. well, I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for telling us that. Yeah. Now we want to like, you know, figure this out. Yeah, let's help. We, let's mm-hmm. be together. Let's help you figure this out. Let's help you. Let's come together more. Whatever it is, you yeah. know, whatever we can do. And then there were people that were like, "That's I cannot offer one more thing." And then they start mm-hmm. crying because yeah. they're depleted and overwhelmed. And everyone can kind of see and validate all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seems though, it, even though initially you were the leader of the group, it does seem like. You know, sort of what I was saying earlier, I guess, is this idea that the group became became its own thing. And so everyone maybe shares equal responsibility yeah. for sharing, for being honest, for facing conflict, for saying what's true to them. So there isn't a leader deciding, no. what are we going to no. do about so-and-so's no. concern? No. Everybody's shared responsibility, responsible yes. for their reaction to that, their needs, yeah. their wishes. Although I do think a group needs a leader, mm-hmm. um, because there's just 
I don't know, an energy about that leader that can rally people. Yeah. You know, and carry them through 17 years. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of change that yeah. happens yeah. during right. that time. Right. So you have to have some kind of core. And that reminds me that you were talking about something, an incident this weekend about mm-hmm. where you came in and said, this is not what we're doing no. or something. Yeah, this is not the heart of this group. Yeah. Everyone was, it was similar to what we were just talking about and that everyone was kind of retreating back into what they needed. Mm-hmm. And they were mad at other members or hurt. And that's, all of that's okay. Yeah. All that's okay. Inevitable. It, it is. But what I was sensing around the table is that everyone was retreating into their corner about what they needed. And everyone was hesitant to give because they weren't getting what they needed. And it just was against the um, value, the values of the group. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I, I mean, that could have, it could have backfired, but what I did is just remind all of us of what we were built on. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're built on, coming to the table and you take responsibility for taking this group deeper. You, you give, you invest, you offer, and I promise you, you will get what you need in return. Yeah. Maybe not all of it, but you're gonna get something important from that. But when we all get yeah. back over here and, no, no. It's kind of like the mission and vision of an organization. You know, you have yes. to come back to yes. what you're about and why you're there. Yep. Yeah. What motivates you to be a part of this? Yeah. Okay, are you still on board? Are you still in? Okay, then let's not be in with a pinky toe. Let's be in <laughs> yeah. all in. Yeah. Because that's what each of us deserve and also, you know, want to offer when it comes down to it. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I want to say something about leadership really quick because this was my heart when I started the group. I had been in a lot of groups where the leader got to stand behind the leader book or the leader guide and ask the group to do things that the leader was not themselves doing. Mm -hmm. Like I hold the book with the answers quite literally and then I want you all to answer the questions and um, I'm going to lead, but I'm gonna lead the discussion. I'm gonna be in charge. Yeah. I'm gonna be in charge. And I just wanted to lead and I wanted to bring this group together and rally it from a very different place. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna sound like I'm being um, self-congratulatory or something, but I promise you my heart was, I'm going to be the most vulnerable. I'm going to model vulnerability. I'm going to lead in on this and show what I hope we can be to each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stand back here and say, well, I'm the leader and right. you guys talk amongst yourselves and I'll right. let you know who needs prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's how I picture leadership in this kind of group is that I'm going first. Yeah. Every time I'm going first. Yeah. As, be- as best I can. Yeah. Well, I think that's a big shift for people sometimes, right? Especially in maybe church communities where they're very used to the leader being in a a one-up position. (laughs) The one who knows. The one who knows. And I don't know. I don't know jack crap. And that's exactly what I was doing in my studies, right? When I would lead a group, part of of what I was doing, though I I didn't know this about myself at the time, is I was securing a spot for myself. Hmm. but in the safest way possible. I want to be a part of this group, but I don't really know how to do that with my true self because I'm afraid for anybody to see my true self. Mm. But I can be a part of a group if I lead it and if I come from a one-up position. Yeah. And that was the only way I knew how to, how to secure a place of belonging. 
And then, of course, what happens is it's empty, right? Like, yeah, there's you no don't, life. No. In, We're not in this together. We're no. not. And you're not really connected to yeah. yourself, and you're not connected to those women. Yeah. Inevitably, there's a lot of conflict in groups like that because the leader's going to let you down, or the leader's going to ask the other women to do things that she herself is not willing to do. And there's, I think there's a lot of conflict in groups like mm-hmm. that because everyone knows that everyone's not all in. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Oh, that's good. I just want to say, too, that we've never done this perfectly, but this is the heart of it. And I think we do believe in and invest in the heart of it. Yeah. And I've not done this perfectly. There's times, as I said, that I withdraw. I'm not communicative. I, you know, but I think we do hold this. We hold this circle of trust that's really like it's not an option, as Tina said. Yeah. And it's life-changing, even if it's not perfect. You know? That is so well said. I, I just, I would hope that anyone listening would, would realize that, that it's worth the effort. Even when it's not perfect, even when it's hard, mm-hmm. that it's, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's made me who I am today. Mm, so tender. I love you. Love you too, little. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a long hug after I this. Know. I that love you too, Lane. Thanks for asking too. those questions. I guess there's, there's. I hadn't thought about some of those things mm. in some of those ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wished all the girls were here, but I know we can't all hover on a little tiny microphone. Yeah. But you know, there's just so many characters and oh, so many, gosh. you know, elements that. Or yeah. just make this beautiful tapestry work. You're all oh, so I different. That. I mean, I, it's it's. We great could to, not be more different. No, you know, yeah. This isn't like, you, you know, you picked um, a the prototype three best friends that <laughs> anyone ever had. I mean, it's like no, no there's you Such so diversity. so yeah. So you can't go wrong. That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. There isn't a wrong way. The only wrong way isn't to be all in. Yeah. And that is so true about you and very, very palpable about the two of you. I love your relationship. I love being around the two of you. I love watching you make each other laugh <laughs> and the way that you show up for each other. It's so inspiring and grateful that you do it for me too. It's we really, really, really beautiful. Love you, Tealine. Mm. You're a gift. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Elaine and I both hope that our conversation today will help you find your footing as you step into the next new moment in your story. You can find Elaine at thesoulcarehouse.com and you can find me, Leanna Tankersley, at leannatankersley.com. We are both active on Instagram and Facebook and would love to meet up with you there. Follow us at Soul Care House and at Leanna Tankersley. Okay, you guys, until next time. <laughs>